On this edition of the Super Hits Podcast, we're talking about Ready for the World. And no, it is not Prince. It is Ready for the World. The track is called Oh Sheila. Let's do it. The Super Hits Podcast. Are you ready for it? Ready for the world, actually. I don't know. Always, I am ready for the world. Yeah, I don't have a, I don't have a good intro to this one, everybody. I'm sorry, but yeah, we're looking forward to talking about another super hit. And no, it is not Prince. Let's just get that out of the way right now. Yeah, exactly. Uh, it's get not, your reference out as early as it's ever been. Yeah, not Prince. They're not affiliated with Prince. They are ready for the world. A completely different group. And before we get into it, I'm taking the lead, Alan. On all the social medias, you can find me slip with five eyes or slip. Well, you're not on Truth Social. No, I'm not. Unfortunately, so not right? Yeah. All the social media. Ugh. <laughs> uh, Jamie C, uh, aka MegaMix.com. Hello, friends. Hey, folks. And yes, we're going to talk about Oh Sheila by Ready for the World, a number one hit yeah, in the number, USA. One of the, one of the weirdest number one hits. <laughs> not because it's because it's a great song, but it's just it's just kind of weird that it's a number one. <laughs> well, let's get into it with some background. So the group Ready for the World actually hails from one of my favorite cities in the yes. USA, Flint, Michigan. Uh, classic. A setting of Roger and Me and also the uh, hometown of a wrestler that I played in our fake wrestling federation. You know, it's pretty bad when you not don't just have a pro wrestling federation, but it's like a fake, fake wrestling federation. <laughs> yep. <laughs> yep. Uh, Bobby Bitchin. Yeah, Bobby Bitchin from Flint, Michigan. And yeah, at the time that they kind of became a big thing, they are not from Minneapolis, but they had that Minneapolis sound going for them. And the Minneapolis sound, of course, the Prince Minneapolis mm-hmm. sound was all the rage at the time. Absolutely. So the group was founded by Melvin Riley and Gordon Strozier. And there were a total of six members who were part of this group. They were active from 1982 to 1991. And then they reunited again in 2004 and have been playing shows up until recently, probably at state fairs, is my guess. Yeah, that's for sure. The group are named after a lyric from a song from their debut album called Ceramic Girl. Nice. They had a modest underground hit in Detroit as well as in Flint with their first single Tonight. And this was helped by airplay on the Detroit radio station WJLB. You wish it was WJBL. I know. <laughs> I was trying to jump all over that one. WJBL. Ah. Uh, the song was championed by a DJ called The Electrifying Mojo. This yes. is back, everybody, when radio meant something, just uh, so you <laughs> yes. know. All the gimmicks. Yeah. So this got them signed to MCA Records, who released Tonight, followed by Deep Inside Your Love, both of which went to the top 10 on the R&B charts. It was the third single, though, the one we're talking about, Oh Sheila, that was their breakthrough hit. It ended up going to number one on the dance, R&B, and Hot 100 charts. Yes. Ready for the World success was never quite duplicated again after this. Uh, their debut album ended up going platinum. Their follow-up album, Long Time Coming, went gold. And then the remaining albums had less and less success until they split up in the early 90s. And uh, despite performing at this point regularly, or at least, you know, kind of ongoing for about 20 years, they haven't released anything else, which makes sense. Yes. So, as mentioned, the song Oh Sheila is commonly misattributed to Prince due to the similarity to his vocal 
and musical style, as well as the belief that the song's lyrics allude to frequent Prince collaborator Sheila E. Yes. Uh, It is not about Sheila E. No. In a 2020 Rolling Stone article called 18 Awesome Prince Ripoffs by Elias Light and Maura Johnson, this is what they had to say about the song. Legend has it that when Oshila, which bears a strong resemblance to the 1999 track Lady Cab Driver, came on the radio, Sheila asked Prince when he wrote it. <laughs> he replied, I didn't. The, I love the song's uh, manic energy, feverish bass line, and focus on a long-gone lover helped to drive it to the top of the Hot 100. Its chart-topping status hasn't prevented listeners from mistaking it for a Prince track up to this day. So there you go. I... I, I you could just imagine on Napster, right? Oh my god! Oh, for sure. <laughs> just for sure. Oh, oh, I bet you, like the majority Oshila. on that Napster would be Prince Oshila. Oh, absolutely. I mean, that's a given for this. So Melvin Riley uses a faux British accent during parts of the song. It's so weird. When he was asked about it for an interview with the Chicago Tribune, he said, "I kind of like the accent, so I thought I would use it." Amazing. And uh, this is uh, your one of your favorite series of articles by Tom Brahan. Yep. Uh, where he reviews every number one single for Stereo Gum. Here's what he had to say about this one. Ready for the World couldn't escape the Prince influence, and nobody should have expected that they would. They were an R&B band from the upper Midwest who emerged in the mid-80s. What else could they possibly sound like? Yes. Ready for the World came together in the early 80s when all of the members of the group were still in high school in Flint. Uh, Riley and guitarist Gordon Stozier put the band together, recruiting members from other groups that were playing the local talent show circuit at the time. The band put together a demo tape, but no labels were interested. That's when the electrifying mojo enters the picture. So the Arkansas-born Charles Johnson was a late-night radio DJ in Detroit, and he was famous for his cosmic Afrofuturist sensibility and for all of his his all-over-the-place tastes. On his radio, Mojo would play songs from Kraftwerk and Gary Newman and the B-52s, alongside tracks from Michael Jackson, as well as obvious inspirations from uh, Parliament Funkadelic. So good. Mojo was I'm an just early. Doing a, a Google image search on electrifying Mojo. I mean, so this awesome. sounds like a great radio show. Oh my god, I can't. Oh, I'd love to hear that radio show. Uh, Mojo was an early Prince booster as well. The young heroes of Detroit techno had their minds blown listening to Mojo, and then Mojo was the first to play early proto techno records like Cybertron's Clear, which I've never listened yes. to, and I'm writing it down too. Well, you would have heard it on uh, an intro. To uh, the uh, Mezzanine Sleepover, our sister podcast. Oh, was it? From way back. I think it was, uh, you know, and I'm, I'm going to say this. I believe that it's the it's the backing uh, track for the tournament. Oh, nice. All right. I'm pretty sure it is. And, uh, you know, I can. Pro- I, I, it would take me a little longer than, uh, well, actually, I can probably find it right now. I'll probably watch this. Where's the tournament? Well, while you're looking the for tournament, it. Well, there it is. Part oh. one, round one, part one. Yep, Cybertron Clear was the intro. All right, well, go listen to the Messing Sleepover, everybody. Episode uh, 16. I probably haven't uploaded that podcast to our new feed, but anyways, let's keep going. Continuing this article, I'd like to believe that Melvin Riley Jr. decided that he liked the sound of the in- English accent because he heard it all the time on Mojo's radio show, but Mojo's in- influence on Ready for the World's career is more concrete than that. When they couldn't get signed, Ready for the World started their own label and put out their Sticky Slow Jam Tonight as a single. 
Sticky. I love it. <laughs> they convinced record stores in Flint to carry the single, and the song became a regional hit when Mojo started playing it. He introduced the band to some managers, too. Eventually, MCA, one of the labels that had previously rejected Ready for the World, was impressed enough to sign the group. And there you go. Man, and... the electrifying Mojo, it's all a show. The Midnight Funk Association, so good. <laughs> I have to look this up now. There's got to be, someone's got to have posted some recordings of that show. Absolutely. There are 44 versions of this single listed on Discogs, which is probably not a surprise since it was a number one single and a massive club hit. Yep. There are plenty of 7-inch and 12-inch singles out there from all around the world, all released in 1985. I own the U.S. Gloversville pressing released off of MCA Records. The single clocks in at 3 minutes and 36 seconds. Very nice. The B-side is a track called I'm the One Who Loves You. The U.S. 12-inch includes three versions of the track, the extended version that clocks in at 6 minutes, 48 seconds, which I assume is totally unnecessary. Mm -hmm. The dubstrumental is a four-minute track, and then there's an acapella version, which is 3 minutes and 54 seconds. I haven't listened. I'm guessing dubstrumental means instrumental. Acapella means just the vocals. Yeah. Most of the 12-inch releases from around the world have the same tracks as the U.S. version. In terms of some compilations that you can find this on... Yes. Got a few... A KTEL compilation released in New Zealand in 1986 called Devastating Dance. Oh, I like that. Uh, the, this compilation has some amazing jams on it, including Point of No Return by New Shoes and Erotic City by Prince. Yes. Uh, also, an, another New Zealand album off Virgin Music called the Number One Hits Album. Mm -hmm. uh, most notable because it's got a track by Phil Collins called Billy Don't Lose That Number. <laughs> <laughs> Billy Don't Lose That Number. Uh, the song uh, is called Don't Lose That My Number, everybody. Yeah, yeah. Uh, uh, it also has future massive hit, Kate Bush, Running Up That Hill. Yes, there you go. Uh, a hit from 2022. <laughs> yep. Number four or number three in hit yeah. this year. Uh, now we have Hit After Hit. This was released like, on KTEL Records. I'm not mm -hmm. sure what country this is, but it was definitely available in Canada because I had it on CD. Nice. According to Setlist FM, the band has been performing this song in concert all the way up till 2021. Setlist FM has the first time that this was performed listed as June 15th, 1985 on Soul Train. Nice. And in terms of appearances and soundtracks, I have one. The 2002 movie, The Trip. Uh, do you have anything else? Oh, you, I, I haven't found anything else. I'm, too, I'm actually looking up lots of electrifying mojo things. Y'all has a book. <laughs> Gotta read that. You're so distracted. I am. I'm distracted by the electrifying mojo. All right. Let's talk about lyrics. Okay. So my favorite lyric, I've as usual, I've posted them all and highlighted the one that I like the most, yes. is the chorus, but the version where they do the breaths. Yes. So they go, oh, oh, Sheila. Ha, ha, ha. So oh, good. Sheila. Wow, you always said you could do the ha's. You, you would like to get paid to do the in songs. Yes. Yes, the breathing uh, that was popularized in the 80s and early 90s, right? Yes, exactly. Uh, um, I like, oh, sugar, where you've been hanging out with your male friends. <laughs> yes. I love it. Uh, so more from Tom Brahan. He says, lyrically, Oshila is a bit passive-aggressive. 
<laughs> the Sheila of the title is either a girlfriend or an ex, and she's been messing around with other guys, and Riley's narrator is attempting to handle his jealousy. So he tells Sheila that he's going to start messing around, and honey baby, just you wait and see. Yes. He can't seem to make up his mind whether he wants to stay with Sheila or move on. He tells her he wants to be her only man, that he wants to love her until they get it right. But he also tells her that one of her male friends is going to hurt her the way she's hurting him. Yes. Uh, so again, despite the rumors, the song has nothing to do with Prince protege Sheila E. When lead singer Melvin Riley was working on the song in his basement, he came up with the melody and tried names of various girls to make it fit. Lisa almost made the cut, which would have probably also been confusing. For Prince oh, fans? Absolutely. Yes, for sure. Uh, but Sheila sounded best, and so the name is simply made up. Uh, I have one comment from Song Meanings. Yes. Uh, it's been a while since I posted this, so I don't know if it's a uh, good one or a bad one, but here we go. This is from uh, Muraski Gray says I love this song. Surprised that more people don't know it. It's upbeat. It, and perfect turn up the volume kind of song when it comes to the car radio sounds just like Prince from the vocals to the beat to the tune right down to how the singer sounds like he's making love while singing it oh my gosh gross <laughs> gross <laughs> I thought it was him for the longest time but apparently it's this group called ready for the world I'm like well yeah <laughs> yeah oh, amazing so there you go song meanings never disappoints never disappoints all right, let's go to the reception. Yes. So, Oh, Sheila debuted on the Billboard Hot 100 chart the week of August 3rd, 1985 at spot number 85, nestled in between yes. Get You Back by the Beach Boys. Oh, my God. And Gino Vanelli's Black Cars. Ah, Black Cars. There we go. Uh, 11 weeks later, it reached number one during the week of October 12th, 1985. It actually knocked one of my least favorite songs of all time out of the number one spot. That song would be Money for Nothing by Dire Straits. Oh my God. Uh, one day I'm sure we'll review it. I will give it one star. Yes. <laughs> Just spoiler alert. Anyways, uh, would you like to know the top 10 for the week of October 12th, 1985? Mm, of course I would. All right. Oh, Sheila, at number one. Number two is Money for Nothing. And number three, Take On Me by Aha. Ooh. Number four, Saving All My Love For You by Whitney Houston. Yes. Number five, Part-Time Lover by Stevie Wonder. Number six, Lonely Old Night by John Mellencamp, which I am failing to what? remember this one. I can't even I can't even place it. I'm assuming it's about Americana. <laughs> yes, there we go. <laughs> uh, number seven, Dancing in the Street by David Bowie and Mick Jagger. Oh my god. Number eight, Cherished by Cool and the Gang. Uh, number nine, Miami Vice theme by Jan... Is it Jan Hammer or Jan Hammer? Jan Hammer? Yeah, let's go Jan Hammer. There we go. Yeah. Not Van Hammer, the, uh, no, not the, the wrestler. wrestler. <laughs> no. And number 10, Dress You Up by Madonna. Yes. Uh, also, during the week of November 16th, 1985, this track reached number one in our home country of Canada. Yes. Would you like to know the top 10? God, would I love to know the top 10. Oh, Sheila, number one, part-time lover, number two, mm -hmm. Separate Lives by Phil Collins and Marilyn Martin at number three, Okay. Uh, Cherish at number four, Miami Vice theme at number five, You Belong to the City by Glenn Frey at number six, Yes. We Built the City by Starship at number seven, That's a nice synergy. Uh, Lay Your Hands on Me by Thompson Twins at number eight, okay. uh, Saving All My Love for You at number nine, and at number ten, Alive and Kicking by Simple Minds. 
Yeah, you know what? Not a bad top 10 in Canada. No, I think that it's not as hit-heavy as the U.S. top 10, but a lot cooler. A lot cooler, absolutely. So, I also wanted to note that on the... uh, So, I look up the Canadian listings in uh, RPM. Yeah. So, there's a site that actually, like, has all the... uh, all the editions, like the whole magazine, right? Yep. In the November 16th edition of R- RPM, the following question was asked in the Walt Says section. Yes. Will compact discs take over? I love it. There is every indication that compact discs will, in fact, become a major competitor to the cassette. Oh, you know, hey, Walt, smart. Yep. Uh, sees the future. A soothsayer. Oh, my gosh. You know, we could do a separate podcast just about RPM, the magazine. There's so much goodness in there. Yeah, it's great. Um, In terms of success in other parts of the world, nothing nearly what they had in Canada and the U.S. There were some good charting that happened in uh, Europe, Belgium. This went to number 19, 18 in Ireland. Oh, yeah, 24 in the Netherlands, 24 in New Zealand, 13 in Switzerland. But the U.K., only number 50. That's right. Petty, those people. Yep, exactly. Uh, Shall we go to covers? Yes. All right. Also samples, by the way. Yes. This song was sampled in a few tracks. Uh, one of your favorites makes the return. Girl Talk. Ah, <laughs> love it. They sampled this in their 2008 track called Don't Stop. Yep. Robots with Ray Guns. Ooh. Sampled this in their 2010 track Sugar Baby, but I listened to it and I wrote, it's not very good. <laughs> <laughs> I haven't heard that one. A very sp- a small part of the song was sampled for the lousy track by Major Lazer featuring Pharrell Williams. Okay. It's called Aerosol Can. It was released in 2014. I fucking hate Major Lazer. <laughs> so much. Also, Two Life Crew Mastermind Luke. <laughs> that'd be Luke Skywalker, everybody. <laughs> he interpolated O Sheila in his 1997 single, Luke's Sheila. And Melvin Riley Jr. actually sang on it. It's not amazing or anything, but it isn't that bad, especially considering what I was expecting. Yeah, I mean, it's not shocking that Luke Skywalker would do a, would do like an interpolation of a song. I mean, constant with that group. Yep. There are also a few covers. The one that I thought was best was by, again, 8-Bit Universe. It was released mm-hmm. in 2015. And then, again, over the last few tracks, I found quite a bit by this 8-Bit Universe. So... Well, you know, we'll, get, we'll, we'll get into that when some, in, in, in subsequent episodes of this podcast. All right, music video time. Yes. So another comment from Tom Brahan. Yeah. A big video might have helped with the Prince-related confusion, mm-hmm. but the O'Sheela video is bare bones and low budget. It's yep. just a clip of the band playing on a soundstage somewhere. I can't imagine it got a lot of airplay. The video is, however, great. Everyone wears matching white suits. Four of the six members of Ready for the World, including percussionist Valentine, do synchronized dance steps, which rules. Yep. Riley has a young and hungry charisma that I really like, and he looks nothing like Prince. If someone had put some money into the visual presentation, maybe the group would have stuck in people's minds and had a longer run. Uh, My own comments. I wouldn't call this a low-rent version of a Prince video, but it's certainly a step down. Still, it's good quality video. The highlight for me is when Melvin Riley humps the air to the beat of the uh, uh, uh part of the chorus. Yep. And uh, yeah, like, you know, those early Prince videos where it's just them performing. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, this is. I don't know where the charisma comment comes from because I I don't really feel it's there personally. (laughs) Well, do you want to rate it? Let's rate it. Uh, 
All right, the video. Okay, I'm going to give it a six out of ten. I, it's fine. Um, it would have been five out of ten, but those those crotch thrusts in triplicate. Uh huh. I mean, that's the best part of the video. <laughs> yep. He, that they do. There's a few a few of them leading up to it, and then it's like the triple crotch thrust in three panels on the screen. Bumped it up to a six. I kind of felt mm-hmm. like ready for the world in this video look a bit like a wedding band, uh-huh. <laughs> and I don't think that's a, a good thing. I didn't find it to be a ton of charisma from the band overall, but I think the video's fine. Like I said, it's pretty middle of the road, but those crotch thrusts, the air humping bumps it up for me. Six out of 10. I also gave it a six. My basic thoughts are they saw Prince videos. They were like, let's do that. And they're not as good, right? Like exactly. they yep, tried. For sure. It was a good, good yep. effort, but it's not going to be as good as a Prince video. So, yep. you know, I, I could have used a little more dynamic dancing, um, yes. but yes, crotch thrusts definitely, yeah. uh, right gave this there. one at least an extra point in my, uh, in my book. Sure. That's all it takes with us. Eh? Yeah. Uh, how about the song? Okay. I'm going to give the song a seven out of 10. Uh, it sounds like Prince, but who cares? Uh, it's a fun song. I love the bass in particular and it's a bit repetitive, but I'll give it a pass because there's nothing wrong with repeated funkiness. Uh-huh. <laughs> seven out of 10 from me. Uh, I'm giving it a six. Uh, I like the song a lot, uh, but obviously not four stars a lot. I don't know. I think mainly it's just because, I, I mean, you know, it's the perfect length, right? Like, yep. you know, three and a half minutes or something like that. I think yep. any longer and it's like, okay, like you kind of get your fill of it pretty oh, quickly. For sure. Absolutely. Yeah. So uh, I, I think that for a three and a half minute song, it's perfectly acceptable, but I wouldn't want it to go on 30 seconds longer. So <laughs> yeah. So there you go. Six out of 10. And that right. is uh, Ready for the World. And, oh, Sheila, and what are you bringing us next time? Well, we are going to talk about My Prerogative by Bobby Brown. I'm very excited. Oh, I am, too. I just watched, the, I just watched the music video, like, maybe an hour ago. Awesome. So awesome. it's going to be yeah, great. for that on Friday, folks. All right. So, again, we are on all of the uh, podcasting platforms, still releasing shows on Tuesdays and Fridays. So go and subscribe and go back to our back catalog. We're about, what, 58, 57 episodes in. So it's number 55. Lots of back catalog for you to catch up on if you want to hit us up at Super Hits Cast on Twitter, at Super Hits Podcast on Instagram, Super Hits Podcast at gmail.com. I'm Slip with five eyes or Slip. Bye. At MegaMix.com. Thanks for listening, friends. Bye.